Good morning, everyone. Welcome to conference. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive an excellent daily email, including both the lesson for the day as well as the text for the day. Uh, my name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, with Section 8, I Need to Do Nothing. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Review Lesson 206, and like each of these 20 lessons, it's preceded with the idea that I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Today we're reviewing Lesson 186, Salvation of the World Depends on Me. <clears throat> and by way of opening this morning, oh boy, this is a really great poem. Um, as regards what depends on me. The poem is called The Inner Garden, and it's by Sam Yao, Y-A-U. It goes like this. There was a time you worried people would not be kind. Life would deal you a bad hand. There is a garden inside of you. You are its sole caretaker. You can plant flowers of love. You can sow seeds of wisdom. When your garden is safe, your world is safe. When it is beautiful, your world is beautiful. When it is peaceful, you become a peacemaker. Your happiness comes from within. No one can take it away from you. When you are full inside, you see the half in the world and fill it. You see the best in others, so they show their best to you. People will be drawn to you. Events will call us into what you envision. Your outer journey takes you to the four corners of the earth. Your inner one traverses across the universe. There is no outside world. Every time you look outward, it is a projection. Tend your garden well. Live inside out. The world you experience is within you. Oh boy, isn't that a great poem for salvation of the world depends on me. Yeah, that was great. Excellent. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Rocky. Yeah, that was a great find. Um, okay, my friends, here's our reading list. So far we have Lemoyne, Harrison, Fran, and Robin Marie, and we're joined in listening by Judy. Who else has joined us that would like to be on the reading list or just say hi? Good morning, it's Karen. I can be. Excellent. Thanks, Karen. Good morning, this is Donna, and I can read. Oh, thank you, Donna. Okay, that's perfect. 
So here we go. Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, Section 8, I Need Do Nothing. Beginning with paragraph 63, you still have too much faith in the body as a source of strength. What plans do you make that do not involve its comfort or protection or enjoyment in some way? This makes it an end and not a means in your interpretation. And this always means you still find sin attractive. No one accepts atonement for himself who still accepts sin as his goal. You have thus not met your one responsibility. Atonement is not welcomed by those who prefer pain and destruction. Uh, the morning. All right, chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality. Section 8, I Need Do Nothing. You still have too much faith in the body as the source of strength. Okay. (laughs) What plans do you make that do not involve its comfort or enjoyment in some way. This makes it an end and not a means in my interpretation, and this always means that I still find sin attractive. No one accepts atonement for himself who still accepts sin as his goal. I have thus not met my one responsibility. Atonement is not welcomed by those who prefer pain and destruction. You have made much progress and are really trying to make still more, but there is one thing you have never done. Not for one instant have you utterly forgotten the body. It has faded at times from your sight, but it has not yet completely disappeared. You are not asked to let this happen for more than an instant, yet it is in this instant that the miracle of atonement happens. Afterwards, you will see the body again, but never quite the same. And every instant that you spend without awareness of it gives you a different view of it when you return. Thank you, Lemoyne and Harrison. You have made much progress and are really trying to make still more. But there is one thing you have never done. Not for one instant have you utterly forgotten the body. It has faded at times from your sight, but it has not yet completely disappeared. You are not asked to let this happen for more than an instant. Yet 
it is in this instant that the miracle of atonement happens. Afterwards, you will see the body again, but never quite the same. And every instant that you spend without awareness of it gives you a different view of it when you return. 65. At no single instant does the body exist at all. At no single instant does the body exist at all. It is always remembered or anticipated, but never experienced just now. Only its past and future make it seem real. Time controls it entirely. For sin is never present. In any single instant, the attraction of guilt would be experienced as pain and nothing else and would be avoided. It has no attraction now. Its whole attraction is imaginary and therefore must be thought of in the past or in the future. Thank you, Harrison. I'm Freya. 65. At no single instant does the body exist at all. It is always remembered or anticipated, but never experienced just now. Only its past and future make it seem real. Time controls it entirely, for sin is never present. In any single instant, the attraction of guilt would be experienced as pain and nothing else and would be avoided. It has no attraction now. Its whole attraction is imaginary and therefore must be thought of in the past or in the future. 66. It is impossible to accept the holy instant without reservation unless just for an instant you are willing to see no past or future. You cannot prepare for it without placing it in the future. Release is giving you the instant you desire it. Many have spent a lifetime in preparation and have indeed achieved their instance of success. This course does not attempt to teach more than they learned in time, but it does aim at saving time. You are attempting to follow a very long road to the goal you have accepted. It is extremely difficult to reach atonement by fighting against sin. Enormous effort is expended in the attempt to make holy what is hated and despised. 
nor is a lifetime of contemplation and long periods of meditation aimed at detachment from the body necessary. All such attempts will ultimately succeed because of their purpose. Yet the means are tedious and very time-consuming, for all of them look to the future for release from a state of present unworthiness and inadequacy. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Sixty-six. It is impossible to accept the holy instant without reservation unless just for an instant you are willing to see no past or future. You cannot prepare for it without placing it in the future. Release has given you the instant you desire it. Many have spent a lifetime in preparation and have indeed achieved their instance of success. This course does not attempt to teach more than they learned in time, but it does aim at saving time. You are attempting to follow a very long road to the goal you have accepted. It is extremely difficult to reach atonement by fighting against sin. Enormous effort is expended in the attempt to make holy what is hated and despised. Nor is a lifetime of contemplation and long periods of meditation aimed at detachment from the body necessary. All such attempts will ultimately succeed because of their purpose. Yet the means are tedious and very time-consuming for all of them look to the future for release from a state of present unworthiness and inadequacy. 67. Your way will be different, not in purpose, but in means. A holy relationship is a means of saving time. One instant spent together restores the universe to both of you. You are prepared. Now you need but to remember you need do nothing. It would, be, it would be far more profitable now merely to concentrate on this than to consider what you should do. When peace comes at last to those who wrestle with temptation and fight against the giving into sin, when the light comes at last into the mind given to contemplation, or when the goal is finally achieved by anyone, it always comes with just one happy realization. Quote, I need do nothing. Unquote. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen. 67. Your way will be different, not in purpose, but in means. A holy relationship is a means of saving time. One instant spent together restores the universe to both of you. You are prepared. Now you need but to remember you need do nothing. It would be far more profitable now merely to concentrate on this than to consider what you should do. When peace comes at last to those who wrestle with temptation, and fight against the giving in to sin, 
when the light comes at last into the mind, given to contemplation, or when the goal is finally achieved by anyone, it always comes with just one happy realization. Quote, I need do nothing, unquote. 68, here is the ultimate release which everyone will one day find in his own way at his own time. We do not need this time. Time has been saved for you because you are together. This is the special means this course is using to save you time. You are not making use of the course if you insist on using means which have served others well, neglecting what was made for you. Save time for me by only this one preparation and practice doing nothing else. Quote, I need do nothing, unquote, is a statement of allegiance, a truly undivided loyalty. Believe it for just one instant and you will accomplish more than is given to a century of contemplation or of struggle against temptation. Thank you, Karen and Donna. Sixty-eight. Here is the ultimate release which everyone will one day find in his own way, at his own time. We do not need this time. Time has been saved for you because you are together. This is a special means this course is using to save you time. You are not making use of the course if you insist on using means which have served others well, neglecting what was made for you. Save time for me by only this one preparation and practice doing nothing else. Quote, I need do nothing. End quote, is a statement of allegiance, a truly undivided loyalty. Believe it for just one instant, and you will accomplish more than is given to a century of contemplation or of struggle against temptation. 69. To do anything involves the body, and if you recognize you need do nothing, you have withdrawn the body's value from your mind. Here is the quick and open door through which you slip past centuries of effort and escape from time. This is the way in which sin loses all attraction right now. For here is time denied and past and future are gone. We need do nothing, has no need for time. Who need do nothing, has no need for time. To do nothing is to rest and make a place within you where the activity of the body ceases to demand attention. Into this place the Holy Spirit comes and there abides. He will remain when you forget 
and the body's activities return to occupy your conscious mind. Thank you, Donna. And would there be a new reader for 69 and 70? This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. 69. To do anything involves the body. And if you recognize you need do nothing, you have withdrawn the body's value from your mind. Here is the quick and open door through which you slip past centuries of effort and escape from time. This is the way in which sin loses all attraction right now. For here is time denied and past and future gone. Who need do nothing has no need for time. To do nothing is to rest and make a place within you where the activity of the body ceases to demand attention. Into this place the Holy Spirit comes and there abides. He will remain when you forget the body's activities and return to occupy your conscious mind. 70. Yet there will always be this place of rest to which you can return, and you will be more aware of this quiet center of the storm than all its raging activity. This quiet center in which you do nothing will remain with you, giving you rest in the midst of every busy doing on which you are sent. For from this center will you be directed how to use the body sinlessly. It is this center from which the body is absent that will keep it so in your awareness of it. Sounds like meditation. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader then to finish this morning with 70? I can do it, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Seven. Yet there will always be this place of rest to which you can return, my Garden of Eden. (laughs) And you will be more aware of this quiet center of the storm than all its raging activity. This quiet center in which you do nothing will remain with you giving you rest in the midst of every busy doing on which you are sent. And from this center will you be directed how to use the body sinlessly. It is this center from which the body is absent that will keep it so in your awareness of it. Thank you, Judy, and thank you, everyone who read this morning. And like so many days, uh, we're 15 minutes before the top of the hour. And rather than trying to uh, pick one piece of this, it would be my preference to read it again um, 
one paragraph at a time in reverse order. Does that sound okay? Oh, yes. Uh, Okay. All right. So we added at the end after Donna, Sandra, and Judy. So just go backwards Um, from the bottom of the list. So Judy, if you're able, could you start again in paragraph 63, uh, chapter, section title in 63? Yes, ma'am. Chapter 18. Thank you. Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality. 8, I Need Do Nothing. You still have too much faith in the body as a source of strength. What plans do you make that do not involve its comfort or its protection or its enjoyment in some way? This makes it an end and not a means in your interpretation of it. And this always means you still find sin or separation attractive. No one accepts atonement for himself who still accepts sin and separation as his goal. You have thus not met your one responsibility. Atonement is not welcomed by those who prefer pain and destruction Thank you, Judy. And Sandra. 64. You have made much progress and are really trying to make still more. But there is one thing you have never done. Not for one instant have you utterly forgotten the body. It has faded at times from your sight, but it has not yet completely disappeared. You are not asked to let this happen for more than an instant. Yet it is this instant that the miracle of atonement happens. Afterwards, you will see the body again, but never quite the same. And every instant that you spend without awareness of it gives you a different view of when you re- of it when you return. Thank you, Sandra. And Donna. 65. At no single instant does the body exist at all. It is always remembered or anticipated, but never experienced just now. Only its past and future make it seem real. Time controls it entirely. For sin is never present. In any single instant, the attraction of guilt would be experienced as pain and nothing else and would be avoided. It has no attraction now. Its whole attraction is imaginary and therefore must be thought of in the past or in the future. Thank you, Donna and Karen. 66. It is impossible to accept the holy instant without reservation unless, just for an instant, you are willing to see no past or future. You cannot prepare for it without placing it in the future. 
Release has given you the instant you desire it. Many have spent a lifetime in preparation and have indeed achieved their instance of success. This course does not attempt to teach more than they learned in time, but it does aim at saving time. You are attempting to follow a very long road to the goal you have accepted. It is extremely difficult to reach atonement by fighting against sin. Enormous effort is expended in the attempt to make holy what is hated and despised. Nor is a lifetime of contemplation and long periods of meditation aimed at detachment from the body necessary. All such attempts will ultimately succeed because of their purpose, yet the means are tedious and very time-consuming, for all of them look to the future for release from a state of present unworthiness and inadequacy. Thank you, Karen. And Robin Marie. different, not in purpose, but in means. A holy relationship is a means of saving time. One instant spent together restores the universe to both of you. You are prepared. Now you need but to remember you need do nothing. It would be far more profitable now merely to concentrate on this than to consider what you should do. When peace comes at last to those who wrestle with temptation and fight against the giving in to sin, when the light comes at last into the mind given to contemplation, or when the goal is finally achieved by anyone, it always comes with just one happy realization. Quote, I need do nothing. Unquote. Thank you, Robin Marie and Fran. 68. Here is the ultimate release which everyone will one day find in his own way at his own time. We do not need this time. Time has been saved for you because you are together. This is the special means this course is using to save you time. You are not making use of the course if you insist on using means which have served others well, neglecting what was made for you. Save time for me by only this one preparation and practice, doing nothing else. Quote, I need do nothing, unquote, is a statement of allegiance, a truly undivided loyalty. Believe it for just one instant and you will accomplish more than is given to a century of contemplation or of struggle against temptation. Thank you, Fran. And Harrison. Are we reading just one paragraph? Yes, just one. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So, 69... To do anything involves the body. And if you recognize you need to do nothing, 
you have withdrawn the body's value from your mind. Here is the quick and open door to which you surpass centuries of effort and escape from time. This is the way in which sin loses all attraction right now. For here is time denied and past and future gone. Who need do nothing has no need for time. To do nothing is to rest and make a place within you where the activity of the body ceases to demand attention. Into this place, the Holy Spirit comes and there abides. He will remain when you forget and the body's activities return to occupy your conscious mind. Thank you, Harrison. Uh, Anne Lemoyne. Yet there will always be this place of rest to which you can return. And you will be more aware of this quiet center of the storm than all its raging activities. This quiet center, in which you do nothing, will remain with you, giving you rest in the midst of every busy doing on which you are sent. For from this center you will be directed how to use the body sinlessly. It is this center from which the body is absent that will keep it so in your awareness of it. Oh, thank you, Lloyd. And thank you, everyone who read this beautiful section this morning. We have time for... um, a share or a couple of brief shares before the top of the hour. So uh, the floor is open. I'll start. Good morning, Karen. I'm kind of excited. Um, first, I want to apologize because yesterday I was really trying to understand what we read by talking it out, out loud. And afterward, I had this sense that I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't quite get what I was tra- I didn't get the truth out of what I was trying to hash out. Anyway, so um, the first thing I want to I want to say is um, it's this line that says that no single instant does the body exist at all. Well, that was kind of like what <laughs> you know. I thought of, thought of it, and then um, I heard in my heart, mind from the Holy Spirit that this body that I that I think is uh, you know whatever. It is, I think it is, is really just an accumulation of sufferings and emotions from the past. It's just leftover residue from the ego story. That's why it doesn't exist in the present. It's um, in in uh, Sanskrit, they say it's samskaras, 
some scars from the past. But it's it's just your unhealed and unforgiving history that the ego is hanging on to, places where it's contracted, places where it's blocked God's love, basically. It's an illusion, but it's but it's not real, of course, but it's um, that's why it doesn't exist in the present. Anyway, in the middle of the night last night, um, not in the middle of the night, about 2 a.m., Holy Spirit woke me up. And it's waking me up every single night at 3 a.m., but I don't get up. I lay there. I chant mantras. I just avoid it. I would say that the God of sleep is my idol. And, uh, you know, that line in the reading today that said everything we do is centered around the body. You know, that everything I do is just in service of the body. That was so, so profound, you know. Um, so anyway, the Holy Spirit woke me up, and after about an hour of thrashing in bed, I finally got up, and I sat, and I went into this quiet place. I went into this very, very deep, quiet, silent place, unaware of body. And um, I, felt, I felt the voice of truth way deep down inside. It was very, very, very quiet and hard to hear at first. But um, I heard this, this thought that, that circulates in my mind all the time. It's an ego thought that I identify with subtly. And it, the thought was, um, I have no one. I have no one to talk to. I have no one in my life to turn to. You know, I can come to these calls or I could uh, have superficial conversations with people, but there's no one in my life that I'm with all the time that I can talk to and really open up and share to. And I don't have a therapist or anybody in my life anymore. So the theme was, the, the, the core thought, core belief was, I have no one to turn to. And I just observed that. And then it was like a, a power, a power came and it said, God is love. God has always, always loved you. God loves everyone and everything. God is, love is what holds us all in life. The tree, the air, God is like the air. Love is like the air. It is completely all pervasive and all we have to do is open to it. That's all. Never ever alone. There's no such thing as being alone. To have no one to turn to and no one to talk to is such a lie. It's an illusion of the ego mind. The alternative is to just open and accept the love that's here. And this love is not personal. So it has no specialness. It doesn't go to one person and not someone else. That love, it's so essential to what we are. It's the source and the substratum of everything we are that nothing can exist outside of it. There's no opposite. Like Brett and Pam was always loved without opposite. There is no opposite. Everything else is a falsehood. Every story my mind tells me is a falsehood. And so I went into this place where I was just accepting that truth 
and feeling it, and everything was shifting energetically inside my my field of awareness of energy. I would say that instead of the body because it wasn't body, physical body awareness. It wasn't even emotional body awareness. It was energy awareness, if anything. And then all these pictures and stories from the past started coming forward. And I understood in that moment what forgiveness is. Because there was nothing I wanted to hold on to. I just asked the Holy Spirit, take it, to take it. And it was like moments of being hurt with peers and when I was young and, and moments of being rejected and abandoned by my father. Or it was just a, a lot of series of flashes of images and, you know, a felt sense of what it was about, but no desire to taste the taste the the stick, you know, like the dog, you throw the stick and the dog goes running after it. None of that. Just Holy Spirit just takes this. I forgive this. I forgive this. I let this go. And my love went out to Putin and my love went out to Donald Trump and my love went out. And just, it goes out to everyone. And that's the truth of who we are. And it's so beautiful to feel God's love. It's so safe, and and that's the place that this reading is pointing us back to, this place of rest to which you can return, and you will be more aware of this quiet center of this storm than all its raging activities. This quiet center in which you do nothing will remain with you, giving you rest in the midst of every busy doing. And from this center, you will be directed how to use the body seamlessly. The only other thing I want to say is, you know, I of all people know what it's like to try to do a thousand hours of sadhana to purify my sinfulness, all my mantras, all my meditation practice. It's always putting God's love outside me somewhere where I can't get it. And it's so simple. I rest in God. I need to do nothing. I'm complete. Thank you so much for letting me share that. Oh, oh Karen, if this if this were a forum for applause, you would have mine. Um, I'm so happy to hear all that. Thank you very much, Lori. This is Lana. I wonder if it would be possible to read, if you would, or one of you three would read uh, 65 and 70 those paragraphs. If you prefer to wait till after the top of the hour, that's fine, but thank you. Well, let's see. Maybe we'll wait till after the top of the hour, Donna, because uh, I'd like to hear what you have uh, to offer about those paragraphs. Uh, so let's go ahead and... and I, I just want to hear them. I don't have nothing to offer. I just need to hear them. Okay, so Thank you. Okay. We'll read them again then. Um, so let's give our heart and minds to a moment, uh, a holy instant, if you will, to reflect on our lesson today. And Fran, please lead us again, uh, gratefully. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we are on review six. And the lesson for today is lesson 206. 
and it's the review of Lesson 186, Salvation of the World Depends on Me. I'm going to read a couple paragraphs from the introduction, and then we will go and do our five-minute practice on the lesson. These practice sessions, like our last review, are centered around a central theme with which we start and end each lesson. It is this. I am not a body. I am free, for I am still as God created me. The day begins and ends with this, and we repeat it every time the hour strikes, or we remember in between we have a function that transcends the world we see. Beyond this, and a repetition of a special thought we practice for this day, no forms of exercise is urged except a deep relinquishment of everything that clutters up the mind and makes it deaf to reason, sanity, and simple truth. We will attempt to get beyond all words and special forms of practicing for this review, but we attempt this time to reach a quickened pace along a shorter path to the serenity and peace of God. We merely close our eyes and then forget all that we thought we knew and understood. For thus is freedom given us from all we did not know and fail to understand. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 206. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. Salvation of the world depends on me. I am entrusted with the gifts of God because I am his son and I would give his gifts where he intended them to be. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. We'll take our five minutes.
Lesson 206. I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Salvation of the world depends on me. I am entrusted with the gifts of God because I am his son, and I would give his gifts where he intended them to be. I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Amen. Amen. So sweet. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. And Donna, would you remind me which paragraphs, please? 65 and 70. And I appreciate it very much. Okay. Uh, would you like to volunteer to read one, or is there a volunteer for 65 and 70 before we open the floor again? I'll read them if you like. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you. Yes, thank you. At no single instant does the body exist at all. It is always remembered or anticipated, but never experienced just now. Only its past and future make it seem real. Time controls it entirely, for sin is never present. In any single instant, the attraction of guilt would be experienced as pain and nothing else and would be avoided. It has no attraction now. Its whole attraction is imaginary and therefore must be thought of in the past or in the future. And 70, yet there will always be this place of rest to which you can return. And you will be more aware of this quiet center of the storm than all its raging activity. This quiet center, in which you do nothing, will remain with you, giving you rest in the midst of every busy doing on which you are sent. For from this center will you be directed how to use the body sinlessly. It is this center from which the body is absent that will keep it so in your awareness of it. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm glad you uh, called for those two paragraphs, uh, especially 65, Donna. And there's one thing I want to share, um, the gift that was given me, a very concise and simple definition for what he's referring to when he uses the word sin. This is from Lee Flynn. 
when the word sin is used, it's his one-word description for all the ways the ego would deny, doubt, or resist love, unity, innocence, truth, and holiness. One-word description for all the ways the ego would deny, doubt, or resist love, unity, innocence, truth, and holiness. Um, if I can keep that in mind when I see the word sin, um, could you repeat that just one more? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that sure. one more time before you go on? Thank you. Sure. It's a one-word description for all the ways that the ego would doubt, deny, or resist the truth of unity, love, innocence truth and holiness I find that very, that definition very helpful because it obliterates uh, the mind's automatic association with uh, the word guilt to sin sin guilt and fear are all bound up in the same illusion sin is uh, the belief that the ego has the ability to deny truth and in that denial of truth is guilt for the past and fear for the future so guilt sin and fear are the ways that the ego holds hold seems to hold the mind uh, away from the truth of now at no single moment does sin exist at no single moment is there an absence of love unity innocence truth and holiness at no single instant does any of that exist if I believe it does I've bound my mind to guilt for the past and fear of the future you see so when he talks about saving time he's talking about how can I enter a space of now and the easiest simplest way is to realize that love is the only thing that's true um, and to allow my mind the space in which I can stop denying <laughs> the truth of love innocence unity and truth the Holy Spirit will give all of that to me when for a moment I can see no past or future when for a moment I can see no guilt or fear because at no single moment is there an absence of love innocence unity truth or holiness um, all of that's given in exactly the way that Karen described um, when entering that spacious place of now and um, anyway I want to just share that definition of sin because the mind uh, we've been so trained to associate guilt with that word 
and uh, I need I need to uh, allow my mind to be loosened from that belief so thanks for a reread of that paragraph Donna I'm complete thank you Lori thank you and I'd like to thank you for one more thing Lori when you mentioned uh, joy I got the idea in your opening uh, that that joy can never be disturbed and I'm having that that's how I interpreted what I heard you read and that's what I'm realizing that is true that nothing can take this joy that is abiding in me away nothing so thank you so much I'm glad you like that Donna I love that poem too thank you Yes, Lori, I wanted to thank you for that poem, too. It reminded me of something that the text spoke very clearly to me of, uh, the Garden of Eden. That's what the Garden of Eden wasn't a place. It wasn't an actual garden, but the metaphor is used, and um, that it's a state of mind where absolutely nothing is lacking or needed or wanted. It's that desireless place where... We know that everything was given to us and that we have no need of anything because we are everything. And so that um, restoring, restoring my mind to the Garden of Eden is, is what the Holy Instant is about and what salvation is about and what um, the means in the end, um, restoring my awareness to the totality of my reality is about the the means in the end, um, being the Holy Spirit and Christ consciousness and holy encounter and all the means are one and the same and um, the means in the end are the same. So where I go, there I go. I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Yeah, that was beautiful, Judy. Thank you. Yeah, this is Sandra. I loved your reference to um, the Garden of Eden is a state of mind. That's so true. And, um, you know, I need do nothing and uh, salvation is a part that I must play, salvation of the world. Um, So (laughs) I need do nothing except forgive and love unconditionally because those are the gifts that were given me and to me that's that's no small feat that's not doing nothing <laughs> um so the first thing i do with i need do nothing is to forgive myself for believing lies that that i was small that i was uh not able to make it in the world those are the beliefs that I had about myself, that I couldn't make it in this world. And the truth is, I can't make it in this world without God. And that's the truth. But I was programmed to think that I couldn't make it in this world without, quote, a man, a husband, you know, without children, without 
you know, government, without whatever. What are all the things that we're programmed that we have to have in order to survive in this world? So I have to forgive myself for all those lies that I told myself. And I need do nothing except self-care and self-love. And that is part of me loving myself unconditionally and forgiving myself for all the lies I believed. And I need do nothing requires that I pause. Now, you could call that meditation and prayer. You could whatever. I've never had a formal training about it. But when I pause, I just become pure awareness. There's there's no focus on the body. It's more the focus is on breathing. That's it. It's just not, you know, and then from the breath comes into this, I come into this place and I think this is the possibility for all of us is just to come into this place of, of, of pure consciousness, of just being aware, which is a state of eternity, which is why we don't have to identify with our bodies. When we're pure awareness, and we always ought, we will be forever. That's who we are. We're spirit. We're, we're awareness. Um, and, and the quickest and easiest way to, to access that is just to pause, be quiet, meditate. Meditate on the lessons, meditate on my relationship with God. And I loved what Karen was saying, too, when she shared about you know, she had no one. And, from, you know, I have no one, too, although sometimes I think it's such a gift and a blessing because there's no distractions between me and God <laughs> and my relationship with God. And if there is, there's nobody to blame except, not that I'm blaming, there's no place to look except at myself is why am I distracting myself from my connection with my Creator. So a whole bunch of forgiveness going on there. And for me, that's not, when I'm forgiving and I'm, uh, you know, forgiving myself and forgiving the world and caring for myself and loving myself, that uh, that's not doing nothing. That's doing the most important things in the world. I'm complete. Mm. Thank you for that. It's Reverend Marie. Oh, I've been I've been reading Lesson 186, Salvation of the World Depends on Me. And as you were speaking, I was looking at uh, the sixth paragraph of that. Arrogance makes an image of yourself that is not real. It is this image which quails and retreats in terror. As the voice for God assures you that you have the strength, the wisdom, and the holiness to go beyond all images. You are not weak, as is the image of yourself. You are not ignorant and helpless. Sin cannot tarnish the truth in you, and misery can come not near the holy home of God. All this the voice for God relates to you, and as he speaks, the image trembles and seeks to attack the threat it does not know, sensing its basis crumble. Let it go. Salvation of the world depends on you and not upon this little pile of dust. What can it tell the Holy Son of God? Why need he be concerned with it at all? And so we find our peace. We will accept the function God has given us. 
for all illusions rest upon the weird belief that we can make another for ourselves. This whole this whole uh, study in 186, Salvation of the World Depends on Me, is fantastic. And thank you for sharing, everybody. I loved all of it. Oh, thanks, Robin Marie. That was perfect to share. I loved it. Yeah. And thanks, Robin Marie. Farewell. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, everyone, for your shares. I have had um, this recurrent thought, um, reminder um, that this is not a self-improvement program. I'm not trying to on my my self-concept or my self-image, that that's something completely and totally to, to let go of. And it speaks of this in the text today that, you know, that I totally forget the body. I mean, I, you know, totally forget myself. Um, and, and, and the instructions to the review lessons that speak of letting go of everything I, I, I think I know, which is everything that I've learned from the world in the past, which is another way of... of totally and completely, completely letting Judy go, um, body and mind, um, that the body and mind of Judy is, is a self-concept that's made through memory, um, clusters of sensations, of feelings and perceptions um, clustered in, in memory and um, accumulated in one big photo album. You know, it's like, okay, let's throw out the album and start fresh and new today and see what appears in the totality of the awareness of my reality and experiencing the life in that way without Judy's interference, um, you know, her thoughts from the past or, her, or bringing her body along um, to be distracted by is um, a totally new and fresh way of experiencing the world every day. And um, no matter what kind of shape my body's in, I really appreciate the new, the new sense of um, wonder that it brings to me and a freshness and um, revitalization, inspiration of my spirit that comes with it, with letting myself go. And um, what is salvation but um, freedom from the bondage of, of thinking that I am this limit, limited, small, um, fragile, mortal self and awakening to the spirit that is immortal and formless and changeless where my mind exists in the Garden of Eden that is my home at home and, and being in the mind of God at one with everything and um, <laughs> in a continuum that's changeless and unshakable. The unshakable joy of being, the incredible lightness of being uh, the incredible peacefulness and being at one with being with everything. So um, I'm loving at large today, um, loving being in love with love itself. I am complete. Oh, thank you, Judy. What a beautiful phrase, loving at large. Thank you for that. I so appreciate your shares, Judy. This is Sandra, and um, and and also others on this call who, you know, even if you do 
a lot of self-care and self-love, the body can still betray you because, that, because <laughs> you know, the focus is not on the body. The focus is the spirit. The body is simply a communication device. And, and what you guys represent to me is that even when the body betrays, and it can because we're not bodies, um, uh, that we can still be a communication device, even experiencing um, pain and everything else. We can still communicate the truth of who we are, no matter what shape the body's in. So um, I just appreciate all of you who come here day by day and who are experiencing a great deal of body pain and just light this place up saying, no, I'm not going to identify with that. I'm going to identify with the truth of who I am. Inspiring. Thank you. Oh, so very true, Sandra. Yeah. So very yeah, true. thank you. Thank you. And I'll tell you what. Thank you, Sandra. I just learned that on my that own. great, Sandra. Sorry, Judy. I just wanted to say I didn't learn that, that joy of being light and love extending through the spirit except the best teachers for me were people who were limping and gimping and apparently and it's not in pain because they were so full of the spirit. Unbelievably crippled people who looked at me and asked me if I needed help. And I just, that's what lit me up. Their light and them lit me up and help me to get over thinking about myself in my body. <laughs> but thank you for the share. Appreciate it. Beautiful, Judy. Thank you. Harrison? Yes. Actually, I was just thanking Sandra, so. Okay. With your, um, with your vast experience, I didn't want to uh, overlook anything you might offer here today. You know, I, uh, was listening to the last thing and, uh, our reading for today. And, uh, I think it was done who directed a reading to paragraph 65. And of course, 
always kind of surprises me at its directness. And that first line in 65, at no single instant does the body exist at all. And I can almost feel the ego recoil at that idea because the, the body is so central to the ego thought system. And uh, it is uh, it, it, it really uh, has been my focus for my entire life. And uh, as I look around and uh, look at the world, it's the entire focus, uh, almost entire focus of the world. It is it's, it's the source of fear in the world. Um, most of us are so afraid of what might happen to the body. And so all of our armaments, all of our plans, or designed to protect the body. And to uh, be confronted with an idea that says at no single instant does the body exist at all. It's always remembered or anticipated, but never experienced just now. Only its past and future make it seem real. That's extraordinary. And it really paints a picture for me that allows me to place the body in its proper context. It is a slave to the 
at time. And I don't have to be I can accept the holy instant, which is out of time. The, the holy instant is a moment to me where time and space does not exist. The only reality is the truth of who I am and who I am in relationship to God. It's the idea of oneness. That's all there is. The idea of one is timeless, has no past, no future. It is the eternal now. He says in 66, it is impossible to accept the holy instant without reservation. Unless just for an instant, you're willing to see no past or future. I'll taste it. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. I so appreciate that share. Yeah, me too. Thank, Thank you, you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. I'll take it too, Harrison. This is Sandra again. I just love that comment. I think I heard you say I'll take it <laughs> because um, to me, I said that last night on a meeting that I was in and it was, it was just like, you know, here we are giving a way out of here, um, you know, and that's to pause and be in the, in the moment, which is all we have really. And it, it, in this, by me being totally present in this moment, I'm including eternity. Um, so it's just, it's like <laughs> what we're given as a way out of this place is it, it, it's so simple and it's so easy and yet so difficult to let go of the ego, but I'm willing and I want it. And so I'll just keep on trucking <clears throat> until I can, until I do completely let go of the ego and I achieve the at-one-ment, the atonement. Um, but I just, it's like, that's, I just, 
I'm just celebrating because it's like, I'll take it. I'll take it. This is the best plan ever. I'm complete. Best plan ever. Good point. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Hi, it's Karen. Um, it's like all of these pieces that the Course is giving us are starting to really formulate this very profound foundation of truth. You know, starting with, I don't know what anything means. I don't know what anything means. I've got to accept the fact that I don't know. You know, there's so many pieces. And um, beliefs create, or not create, but beliefs are the building blocks of perception. And how many erroneous beliefs has my ego accepted and then just kept reinforcing all my life? You know, the beliefs are wrong. So the perceptions are wrong. You know, the body, what is the body? Even yesterday I got, I, I couldn't really tease it out what it meant, but that's okay because this is a learning process. You know, every day it deepens. I am the salvation of the world. The salvation of the world depends on me. Why? If I open to the love of God, if I accept God's love, and I, if I accept God's love, then all my ego stories in my mind have to be let go of because they can't, they can't stand if I accept God's love. And that is here right now, that it's not someplace in the future if I'm good enough if I atone for my sins enough, if I do enough sadhana, if I do enough seva, if I sacrifice enough and suffer enough to be whole again, no, it's here right now. All we have to do is open and accept it. And if we open and accept it, we are the salvation of the world. It flows through us. It blesses the world with light, with peace, and undoes this nightmare of the ego world reality. I mean, the ego world reality is so bad right now. But then again, it's not in the present moment. It's not here in this moment. To believe in that is a choice. To come into the present moment, to really fully feel the moment, is to feel God's love. God's love is right here. The peace is here. The Course in Miracles is just mind-blowing. The idea that we can have it now and I need to do nothing, I can just have it right now. What a, what a unbelievable miracle. I'm complete. This is Donna. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Beautiful. This is Donna, and when Karen was talking, what what came up is something that's been kind of coming up, and that is that love is shed abroad through the power of the Holy Spirit, and the light of these daily calls are so incredibly powerful that they are carried across, and all the studying 
that faithful individuals to the course uh, to those who live this course so beautifully is shed abroad as well. I had this experience today in my study. I wrote the word door to reality is open and can be seen and entered, so to speak. And then I find that word door in our reading. And I have this happen all the time where something comes to me. And, and my, my, if I lived with that other thing, I would be taking credit for it. But I'm so aware that this is coming to me through the light by the Holy Spirit, which indwells and walks with me on this journey. And these two, two yesterday and today's readings and, and, and dialogues, the sharing, the, the, uh, the oneness, uh, <clears throat> carried over to the class I attend on Monday 11, which is a metapsychiatry class. And I came in 10 minutes late because I was felt led to really share what I shared in our, in our, with us uh, before I left. And I was still kind of in the spirit is what I call it. And uh, I just mentioned a, about guilt, the word guilt. And, I, and they said, uh, oh, and we read a little booklet, and, and the whole class wanted me to share what I had just received as a gift from our study. So we spent at least 30 minutes of the hour doing that. So I know that I know that I know that I know that this light is shed abroad by the Holy Spirit. And these people I speak to, they're students of the course. They do it on Zoom with someplace, so that's why I'm not <clears throat> doing it with them. But you see, even God, even the Holy Spirit directs our path. And that's in that, I think, the last sense of our, that, that we are sent where we are sent for a reason that God has already planned us to be sent. So when we attend, I uh, speak for myself, when I attend anything, I have been sent. I'm now beginning to accept that. I'm there, not because I decided to do it, but because I have been sent. And from everything I heard today, uh, I, I got a little bit of revelation here, or, or no, realization. Revelation is only from God. But I was thinking about this humanness, this human condition, this body, this quote-unquote ego personality that doesn't exist, and how it takes so much of our time. And so I, I, looked, I was looking at it, and this is, i got three little things here that what first came. The entire human condition, form and formless, the, the entire human condition, form and formless, thought system does not exist. Its beginning and end never happened. This is the truth of all being. And, and this is, we each learn <laughs> in our own way as Jesus, thank God he just said that today. Sometimes I feel like I'm running wild and rogue. But this is how I'm coming to understand and letting what I 
am now walking through come up for its healing and it's good to know I need to do nothing. Thank you. I am so grateful to every cotton-picking one of you. Love you. I am complete. (laughs) Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. That was a cotton-picking one of you. (laughs) Thank you, Donna. It was a blessing. Thank you. Feeling the joy this morning, guys. This is great. Um, they come to come to that that has been on my billboard. You, you hear me speak about the billboard of my mind. Come to, and it's like come to me, and I, I'm coming to you. And I I read this phrase in A Course in Love, and it says the mountain comes to you. The mountain's always calling to you. You just don't know. You're on a journey to to yourself. You're at home at in heaven with God within you, and and it's like, you know, we do all this searching and praying and meditating and seeking outside of ourselves and until it really does come home, and it's um, being at home, and, um, you know, that there's an expression in AA that I'm comfortable in my own skin, and, you know, I'm relaxed and at peace, but, you know, my journey long ago started with pause when agitated. And, Sandra, you reminded me of that, um, you know, that I can get agitated still. And, you know, there's still hiccups and there's still residuals. But I think we're all um, coming home um, more quickly and more certainly than um, we ever have before. And it sounds real to me when I hear everybody speaking of it. So for this, I'm truly glad and rejoice. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. I share that sentiment. Thank you, Judy. And this is Lemoyne. I just uh, well, <laughs> first I want I want to I want to thank you again, Karen, for that. For uh, and uh, <laughs> express my happiness for you that you you get that it's like it's really all right here right now, and uh, that is what is required is to uh, all that's required. Like as Ram Dass said, be here now. And I wanted to focus on this one sentence in 68. And I'm going to change the word me to Christ. And it says, save time for Christ by only this one preparation and practice. Doing nothing else. So I need do nothing is a statement of allegiance, a truly undivided loyalty. <clears throat> and it's it's interesting the way he writes, <laughs> you know, because normally people would write something like save time for me 
by only by doing only this one preparation and practice. But it, you know, he's trying to get us off of doing. Doing is of the body, right? And it's like perhaps it could be focusing the mind on only this one. But you know, leave all that. He leaves stuff out that if he put in everything that he could, all the bats and that would make the text seem a little clearer, the book would be a lot longer. And he left, but he left that out. He left out the word doing, obviously, once I thought about it, because it's not a doing. Um, and it is the one preparation that is given, you know, that we tend to, uh, tend to, um, and there's a lot of religions that have practices that are about preparing ourselves, purifying ourselves. But it's like it says, purification is only of God. And the, the, the only preparation we need is I need do nothing. And that's also given as a practice as well. As I need do nothing. And it, uh, I love the way it's paired with the salvation of the world depends on me because I want to like fill notebooks with checklists of things to do and change to save the world, right? But it's not, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about get, getting to this need, this will to not change what is. And so it fits very well also with the theme of the review, that I am still as God created me. I'm not a body, free. I'm still as God created me. And I need do nothing is a fine next statement on that theme of the review. And uh, just wanted to emphasize that. Because I, I think, you know, I, I went back and forth once with Lee about sin. You know, some, I guess maybe somebody has asked, is sin really different from error? And Lee was like, nope, it's just another error. <laughs> and and I was I was like, well, it's a different kind of error. It's compounding the error. Is that sin is the is the belief that we can change the Son of God. Right? That there are mistakes, errors that people make that that mark them with sin and uh <clears throat> make them sinful. And it's like this I need do nothing eliminates the putting off salvation until you know I've done some I think done something I think I need to do this uh, this thing of uh, believing that the uh, that the Son of God can be changed is uh, it really is uh, 
it becomes a, a solid block on the present moment experience, which is the holy instant, and uh, can provide salvation from the the errors that we make and the errors that we compound by our belief. And so the action, um, when he says, I need do nothing, I think that includes um, withdrawing our belief that some errors are sinned. And, uh, you know, they may seem to be plainly errors and be error, you know, the other person may suffer thereby, but really what the healer does is let healing be. You know, don't try and force any change or demand any particular um, expiation of sin or change of mind than the other person, but to just hold hold for them the the best <laughs> focus on the present moment where the holy instant is and changes can then occur freely. Think the proper changes, the release of sin and error. Anyway, I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Oh, thank you, Lamorne. Thank you, Lamorne. Thank you, Lamorne. I love you. Thank you so much. I love your share. Yeah, I too, Lemoyne. And um, in light of that share, and because we need to, for the sake of time, end this recording, uh, you led me straight to um, <laughs> straight to a beautiful poem. We all know it. But um, here's what we're really talking about and shedding light on this morning. Each in our own individual ways are speaking the same language the language of present love. So I'll turn to Rumi to end our call today and thank you for the gateway, Lemoyne. Out beyond ideas of right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make any sense. And in homage to our reading today, that poem goes on to say the door is round and open. Beings are going back and forth between the worlds constantly. Don't go back to sleep. Don't go back to sleep. Because... There is this field out beyond ideas of right doing, wrong doing. And when we meet there, 
uh, we realize the fullness of our souls and can come to recognize that the soul knows that the consciousness of all its brothers is included in its own. Thank you, everyone, for the way you shed light on that for me today. It makes me extremely happy. Uh, and I'll end the recording. Um, but, of course, we always stay on the call. Thank you.